Welcome to Parenting with Pam, with me, your host, Pamela Query. I am a certified hand-in-hand parenting instructor, and I am here to help you keep your cool while still getting your kids to cooperate, so you can parent in a peaceful way and actually enjoy being a parent. That means no more endless negotiating, lecturing, or explaining, no need for threats, bribes, or consequences, no more daily yelling. So if you want to create a peaceful home, I'm here to show you how. Welcome, dear parents. This week, I want to talk about raising children who are able to stay connected to themselves. So I believe the only way to be truly content and satisfied in life is to be able to stay connected to ourselves and what we truly want and need in life. And, you know, when we're acting from that place and living our life from that place and staying connected to ourselves, then that is the best way, in my opinion, to live a happy life and to live a satisfying and fulfilling life. And, you know, often very early on, we learn that it isn't okay to be ourselves. We have to change what we want or need to meet the needs of others or not to maybe not to disappoint others. We learn that very early on in our lives. Um, And I think that most of us were raised in this kind of parenting paradigm based around punishments and rewards. So we had to behave how our parents or our teachers or other authority figures in our life wanted us to behave. And, you know, if we didn't behave in that way, then we would be punished. And, you know, punishments took very different forms for, for many of us, some more harsh than others. But I mean, I think any form of punishment is really damaging to children. Um, so for some of us, it would be physical punishment, we'd be physically punished if we behaved in, in certain ways, or it could be, you know, more of the verbal or emotional um, punishments being told off, being shamed in front of others. Um, it could be through being pushed away by being sent to, to time out or being sent to our bedroom. So being separated and isolated from our parents, which is very frightening for children. Um, and all of these things are sending a message to a young child, um, you know, that if you don't act in a way that pleases me, then I won't love you. And that's a very strong message that comes through um, whenever we uh, treat our children in those ways, whenever they're behaving a certain way and we are giving them the message that it's not acceptable, that they are not acceptable. Uh, we can certainly let them know that their behavior, that you know, I'm not going to let you behave like that, but but I still love you. And so I'm not going to punish you. I'm going to try and put an end to that behavior but I'm not going to punish you um so and the thing is that the reason we want to take that approach of, of not punishing our children um is that um whenever we whenever we do punish them they're getting the message that they're not okay it's not just the behavior but they as a person what they're choosing and what they're doing is not okay um and therefore we're going to withdraw our love our uh, uh, our acceptance, um, our approval. We're going to remove all those things from our children, um, and this is really very frightening to ch- to a child. So, a, so children have a choice in those moments, either to be true to themselves and risk losing their parents' love and attention, or else the other choice is to abandon themselves and to be someone else that is more acceptable. Um, and that message we internalize, the, the message we internalize there is that there's something wrong with us, that how we are as a person, we need to change that. There's something wrong with that. And so we start behaving in ways that, um, you know, we, we think other people want us to behave. Um, we move through through life trying to be somebody we aren't or trying to guess what others want us to be. Um, and, you know, often 
whenever we, we start to do this, we become unable to say no, we become people pleasers. Uh, and we can completely lose touch with who we are and what's important to us and how we want, how we want to spend our time, how we want to, you know, what careers, what jobs uh, that we end up doing and um, that so many people end up in, in these jobs or careers that, that aren't satisfying to them, to them and they don't really know what they actually want to do with their lives. Um, and, you know, we've become so disconnected from ourselves and this starts really early on in childhood and you know I am the best I'm such a great example of that because so I went through school being told I was very academic I was good at doing exams I was good at passing exams um, and you know nobody really asked me what my interests were or very quickly lost touch with what my interests were and what I actually like doing that wasn't the focus of school it wasn't you know what do you really enjoy it was you know how can you get ahead and how can you do well in life so because I was academic everybody said you know I should do science subjects um, and you know the school wanted me to do well um, and that's why society is set up you know we want our children to succeed and earn good money and be be um, you know be good members of society that can contribute and can support ourselves and I get that I get I get why that is but often it's at the sake of of what we truly who we truly are as people and what our gifts are and what we are able to share with the world and also I think you know um schools often have an agenda in terms of they want their pupils to do well we have these league tables in in this country where um you know schools are ranked in terms of how um, academically successful the students are it doesn't look at any other it's not it doesn't look at how emotionally rounded or how emotionally resilient resilient children are or how kind they are or how connected they are to their communities or you know there's all these other values but schools are really just rated on their academic output so for me I was very much pushed pushed down the academic route and I ended up going to university and studying something I wasn't remotely interested in <laughs> and um I, you know the thing is that I didn't even realize I didn't even know that I wasn't interested in it I went through um six years of university and and I came out the other side not enjoying what I was doing and um I didn't even um, I didn't even know what I liked or didn't like anymore. I was sort of just gone through the system without any any sense of choice or um, any sense of staying connected to what I really wanted in life. Um, and it's taken me since then, it's taken me my whole adult life to, to really start figuring that out. It's been a process over many years for me to tune back in and connect with who I am again, what I like, what my interests are, um, and that includes, you know, for me, that's the big things about how I spend my time, how I how I want to, um, you know, my my career, I suppose you call it, my working life, um, and how I have come to uh, do this work, this parenting work that I, that so satisfies me and is so connected to who I am and my values, and um, you know that it's it's uh, you know I'm really truly happy doing this work, but it's been such a long process of um really connecting back in with what I want to how I want to spend my time what I love to do what makes me feel alive what I'm passionate about what my values are um and you know that I've so that it's that big those big things about you know the bigger picture of who we are in the world and how we share our gifts with the world and it's also in these really small interactions as well these small things in the moment um you know what I really what I really want in the moment instead of what others want of me um so 
you know, um, how I want to how I want to spend my time, the people I want to spend my time with, uh, how I um, ask for help, or how I recognise what I need on a day to day basis, and how I how I put that out into the world. Um, so, and that's been a huge learning, a really difficult learning for me, and I'm still learning it. I'm still in that process of learning what I want and how I ask for what I want and how I connect it to what I want and how that looks in my day-to-day -day life. So for me, it's really important with my children, you know, like how do we help our children to stay connected to themselves so they don't have to spend like half their adult life figuring that out. You know, it's so much easier. They can just stay connected because children are so connected as toddlers. They stay, they're so connected to what they really want um, what they need, what they want. Like that's when children start to say no to things because they're um, developing their own sense of identity, and they're developing, they're, they're developing, they're becoming a separate person from us. So they, they need to assert their their wants and their needs, and that's often when the conflict begins between parents and children. So I think it's, um, but what, what the children are doing there, they're 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 learning what they want, they're learning who they are, and. If we can support that, then they can stay a lot more connected to themselves um, instead of this childhood being this process of children forgetting who they are and losing the sense of who they are and um, then having to, to reclaim that as adults. So I've been reflecting this week in some ways of, of how we can help our children stay connected to themselves. And I mean, the first thing, and I think the most important thing, of course, is doing our own work um, is to really work on reconnecting with ourselves and the more we can figure that out ourselves because um, you know for us with parents it's, it's all about modeling it's all about what our children see and they pick up so much from how we are and um, it's so important to do our own work um, and that will without any effort that will, will trickle down and will affect how our children see themselves um, and how we interact with our children. So that's the really the foundation of it is doing our own work in whatever way you can, whatever way works best for you um, to reconnect with yourself. Um, and, you know, for me, it's been an ongoing process of really checking in with myself on the small, on the, on the small level, when you start like really small, um, then you know, that has then has the effect, a, a ripple effect into the bigger things in your life. So in the moment, and it, this can be a really difficult process if it's something that you've, um, that, that has been sort of suppressed for a lot of your life, is in the moment really checking in as to what you want in that moment, what feels right for you. Um, and that can be, it can be really hard for us to, to notice that and to take that into account and then to actually know. Um, and for me, it's been this process of just, of just, figuring it out and trying things and going to actually know I thought I wanted that in the moment maybe that's not really the case so it's just this trial and error this practice you know and, and I always try and check in with myself and um you know do I actually want to go to that dinner with people I don't really like and you know if, if I like them usually quite clearly or no and can I honor that in myself you know how can I can I um can I see that through and and st stay true to myself and spend time and you find that you're spending time more with the people that you do want to spend time with or doing things you free up 
your time and to do the things that you really enjoy. So by making these small micro decisions, you know, do I want to be involved in that committee or that group that takes up a lot of my time? Um, and, you know, sometimes it's not black and white, sometimes you have to weigh it up and and um, decide, well, yeah, there's a lot of things I don't like about it, but yes, I, I this is important to me and I want to stick, I want to see this through and I want to stick by it. Or else maybe, no, actually, this is draining my energy, it's draining my time. Um, and I'm going to have a hard conversation and I'm going to not do this thing. And then that's going to free me with more time to do the work that I really am here to do um, or the parenting work that I'm here to do. And that's really important to me. Um, so I think that that's really important to act from that place to check in. Um, and, you know, it, and it's, it gets really complicated because often there's a lot of fear whenever you decide to if you decide to say no to something or if you decide to say yes to something that really is important to you, makes you feel alive. And that can be really terrifying, can be really frightening to follow your heart, to follow your desires. Um, and uh, that's where, you know, doing the emotional work comes in. And I do that through my listening partnerships where I bring that fear and I sit with it and explore it and, and um, then helps me to, to move on to the next thing um, and to, to keep doing things that, that feel in line with what I want in my life and what feels right to me. Um, so a, a really important part of that is working with the fear that inevitably comes up. Um, that, and that fear comes from a very early time of trying, that fear is just trying to protect us in the times when we couldn't be ourselves and that we were maybe punished for being ourselves, um, that we have that fear in our system. So then when, whenever as adults try to be ourselves, that fear comes back up really fiercely and um, it's saying, no, if if you if you be yourself in this moment, then um, something bad is going to happen. You know, you're going to come to harm. You're going to be severely punished. You're going to be shamed. Nobody's going to love you. Um, so all these all these fears come in and they, they it's really good to recognize that they are from a much earlier time um, and they are still running the show um, but you can the first step is becoming aware of them um, becoming aware of those fears and being able to sort that out in your mind and then being able to release some of that fear so that you can act um, in a, from a place that is in truly in line with with what you want um, and I think it's important to say as well that on this journey it's of trying to check in with yourself and saying yes when you mean yes and saying no when you mean no that it's it isn't always possible for us especially with kids especially for parents um you know because often we're exhausted often we are struggling we don't have enough support but we still we have a you know we we need to raise our children and we need to support them and they need our help and they um, rely on us so often we can't say no actually I don't want to do bedtime tonight or no I don't want to make dinner or I don't want to sit here and spend all day with you without having any other adults to talk to but sometimes you have to do that and what I've learned from that is I try to deal with that is still checking in with myself and what do I really want in this moment and no I don't want to do bedtime I wish I had some support but I'm choosing to do it because you know that's the situation I'm in and my kids need me and it's not their fault that I don't have enough support um, and I wish things were different but they aren't why can I build more support into my life to make this easier um, and then I make the conscious decision that yeah I am going to support them I'm going to do bedtime as best I can and I'm going to do these things um, so it's not it's not just about saying it's not just about this sort of 
from the selfish place of I'm only going to do what I want to do. But it's, you know, it's, it's taking into consideration everybody else around you as well and making a, a compassionate and um, calculated decision about where you can say yes and where you can say no and acknowledging time you can't be true to yourself. So that's what I, that's the ongoing journey that I am on with that. And it's, it's very imperfect and <laughs> there's always more layers to it. And um, I certainly, as a child, my coping strategy was to be a good girl and to behave myself and to do what everybody else wanted. And you know, that, that pattern is still very much there with me and something that I, I keep noticing and keep working on and have a long way to go with it yet. But, um, you know, this is a, this is a journey and, my children give me lots of opportunities to be aware of this and and to um, to keep growing in this area. So I think that's the most important one is doing our own work to, to reconnect with ourselves and um, to be aware of what is going on for us and saying yes when we can't, when we mean yes and saying no when we mean no, whenever we possibly can. And then to have a lot of compassion to, for yourself whenever you aren't able to do that. And whenever you do that, Whenever your child sees you doing that, even without, even if you don't explicitly explain it, they will they will see. Children know, children know when we're being authentic and when we're being true to ourselves. They know, you know, if we say yes, okay, I'll play with you, they know if it's a real yes, or they know if we're kind of faking it as well. Um, so whenever we can be more authentic to ourselves, children really pick up on that and they learn from that. And we can also talk to them about it explicitly as well. I think that biggest you know the biggest influence on our children is um is through what is through they, they them observing us and through us modeling this we you know we can't really fake it uh but also we can talk to our children about it because we can be honest and say you know we're only human and you know i, I do talk to my daughter and say um uh i talk to her and, and say you know i'm i'm I, I want to say no to this and i uh, this is what I try and do I try and check in with myself and I try and think do I really want to do this is it a yes or is it a no so you can talk about these things explicitly with our kids but for sure the like 80% of it is to do with how we are how we how we walk talk with not just explaining to our kids how things should be but trying to work on that ourselves and that gives us a deeper understanding then of why it's so hard for our children as well so um the next thing is, I think, is really important in helping our children stay connected to themselves is taking our children and their feelings seriously um, as much as we possibly can. And this certainly doesn't have to be perfect because, you know, we're parenting without enough support. Often things are stressful. You have to get things done and often it gets messy and we fall back into old patterns of just trying to force our kids to do what we want them to do. Yeah, we're only human. Um, but I think doing your best to listen to your children and taking their small struggles seriously can go a huge long way to help them stay connected to themselves because they're getting a message that what they feel um is important what they want and what they need that you are taking that into account as much as possible that that is really important to you you're going to take them seriously you're going to listen to them when and like i said it doesn't have to be all the time it just has to be this um the general atmosphere in your home is that feelings are taken seriously, that what a, a child wants is taken seriously um, and, you know, or, or what they're struggling with is taken seriously as well. Um, and when you have that as, as the mood of your house, the mood of your home, then, you know, children get that message. So it doesn't have to be 100% of the time. It doesn't even have to be, you know, 
80% of the time or, you know, probably you're hoping probably for um, the majority of the time, though, that that is the case. So the children get that message um, that that what they feel matters and that you are going to listen to them. Um, and then it's very much linked into that is is if we give our children that, how we give children that message that um, their feelings, that we take their feelings seriously, um, is that we don't make our love conditional on whether our children behave in a certain way. So this comes into the not using the system of punishments and rewards as much as possible. And this is a journey as well as a process of moving away from punishments and reward because children just get that message that, that we only love them if they are a certain way. So, um, and it is, you know, some people find it hard to imagine um, parenting without punishments and rewards, but it is absolutely possible. Um, and this is about, uh, you know, it's not about just letting our children, it's not about being permissive, it's not about just letting our children do whatever they want, but it's about um, saying no to whatever the behaviour is and saying yes to the feelings underneath and not, not you know, so say if our, a child is fighting with another child, you're not just going to say, okay, well, I can punish them, so I'm just going to let them do what they want and hurt another child. So, of course, you're going to come in, you're going to come in physically and keep everybody safe. But the difference is you can say, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you hit your little brother. Um, the difference is you're not saying you're a bad person for doing that. I'm going to send you to your room so that you you learn how to behave. What you're going to say is, I'm not going to let you do that and keep everybody safe, but I still love you. You're still a good person. Um, you know, you're having a hard time um, and I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you. Um, so, so that's the difference. Um, and then she'll get the message that, okay, um, I'm struggling here. Um, whenever I'm struggling, my mum or my dad is going to come in and help me with my struggles. They're going to support me, but they're not going to judge me. They're not going to make me feel worse. They're not going to shame me. Because all those things just lead to further disconnection and make it harder for children to behave in ways that um, that they're in their true nature, which is to be, um, to be joyful and loving and kind and cooperative. So... Um, so yeah, so this system of, of punishments and rewards, the children feel worse about themselves, really, and um, it is absolutely possible not to use these systems. Um, and then children get this message that our love is is unconditional, that no matter what they do, we're on their side. Um, so then another thing about uh, for children to stay committed to themselves is really if children don't have the opportunity to actually make decisions about their lives and to really check in and think what is it that I want um you know what you know do, do I feel this way or do I want this way and um, if we don't give children any choice if we don't give them autonomy then um they don't get the the chance to exercise that muscle of you know who am I in the world what are my preferences what do I want what do I like um and a really silly example from from my childhood is that you know we ne we didn't really say over, um you know say what what we wore what clothes we wore they we were just you know sort of or I was just told like this is what you're wearing today and and I didn't I certainly you know a lot of the clothes was the eighties so a lot of clothes were like hand me downs and um you know which is great environmentally all of that but I was given very little choice over uh, zero choice over you know, what I actually wanted to wear what I liked what you know um you know what, what my preferences were so that's just a small example that's you know I didn't get to exercise that I didn't get to choose so 
you know, that, that part of your um, brain just doesn't get to develop, I suppose, um, around that. And, you know, that's I mean, it's a, a, a small example, but you know, that, that leads into bigger things around what I actually like in the world and um, how I want to spend my time to do. So, so giving our children as much autonomy as possibly can um, is it will go a really long way. So listening to them, you know, their choices, like their choices around food, their choices around how they spend their time, their choices around um, what they wear, um, the choices are the choices around. Um, now this uh, and this may get really really tricky, um, because you know that we need to listen to our children's no's where they're saying a really strong no and it's it can be really really difficult um to accept that I, I find this I find this a really really tough one um and you know my own journey with that has been I you know it was really important for me from a young age that I respected my what well, my daughter's wishes as much as I, I could now and this doesn't mean being permissive either because I would be checking in with myself you know if my my daughter wants to really wants to you know stay up till midnight and you know I really want to stay up to midnight mommy um and I you know I check in with myself I, I recognize that she really wants that <laughs> and check in with myself is that going to work for me then I get a really clear no no it's not because if she's up to midnight she's going to be really tired tomorrow and things are going to be difficult I'm going to be really tired I need to, I need um I need to get her to bed earlier than that so I can I can say to her in that case you know that doesn't feel you know, that doesn't feel good to me I, I need to get you to bed earlier and these are the reasons why um so it's about taking your own needs into account whenever you are allowing your child their autonomy as well and that's absolutely okay to do that so it's not about just saying yes and letting them do whatever they want um but it's it's as much as possible when you can giving them um giving them choices and that, that has been so tough for me because it's it's been a very important thing for me with my my own daughter she from the very beginning she had such a huge no to school that she was she just didn't feel safe there she didn't enjoy it she had some you know she found it really really difficult um and I was saying you have to and like this was me taking my own needs I need to go to work um I don't know if I can cope with not to school um so so my needs came in there and I battled with this for quite a few years she was really really unhappy and, and struggled with school and um it eventually and she would say to me it would break my heart she'd say mommy you've always told me to listen to my body and I'm listening to my body and it's saying I don't want to go to school um and it, it has led me eventually to home educating my daughter to rearranging my whole life and and um, making big changes and you know um big big changes to our lives so that to make that possible uh, and it's been a huge process for me and there's been a huge amount of fear there in terms of listening to her and acknowledging what she wants and to to to, to stop to, to stop forcing her to do something that she feels so strongly isn't working for her that's been a huge journey for me um and it's not to say that you, you like for for many years it wasn't possible for me and, and I what I tried to do when I wasn't able to home educate her um you know I said I really hear you I really I would really validate her experience around school and I really hear how hard it is for you I did everything I could to make it better uh, I did everything I could to support her emotionally and to listen to her feelings around it um and, but ultimately I did send her to school because that was the situation that I was in at the time 
that um, I didn't I didn't feel that I had any other option but I still tried to listen to her and I didn't try and talk her out of the fact that she didn't want to go I get it I get that you don't want to go I believe you I hear that um and the minute I can't do anything about it and then when I was able to do something about it I decided it was beginning of lockdown um you know everything went so up in the air that I was able to to actually take it take that option really seriously and then I was able to make it work and then we made a decision not to send her back to school um so so for sure it's not about um you know just your needs are important in these decisions as well it's not about just doing what your child wants but it's really about checking in with what you're able for and what you're resourced enough to do and really but really taking seriously your children's needs as well around that and how you can um how you can make it work for them as well so that's a really tricky one is giving our children autonomy um and another really important thing is whenever we want our children to stay connected to themselves it is um it's really hard it's really hard for us to stay connected to ourselves when we have all these other external influences and um, it, it's really important to help our children to be able to stand their ground and stand for themselves. Now, part of that comes they'll be more able to do that whenever you take them seriously, whenever you give them autonomy over their decisions, whenever you listen to their yeses and their noes and try to respect that as much as possible. But it can still be really difficult for children to stand their ground and stand up for themselves, um, it, whether that's against you because they're afraid of disappointing you or you know afraid if you losing your temper or whatever it might be it might be with other kids that you know they want to make friends they they don't want to they're worried that if they don't behave in a certain way that other children won't um won't be their friends so they just go with the flow of that and let other children walk all over them um or it could be against other adults you know teachers people in authority grandparents it's really hard your children are little people and they are adults are always telling them what to do so it can be really really hard for them to stand their ground but we want to raise children that can really stand up for themselves and stay connected you know it's 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 all great to say you know stay connected to yourself but um you might know what you want but it's a whole other thing of actually seeing that through and sticking standing your ground and sticking to that so um i think it's really important to help our kids do that um and we can do that i think the best way to do that is through play and there's two ways to do that one of them is special time where um you set a timer for you know anywhere between five and 25 minutes and your child gets to be in charge they get to be for that time and you are there um you could do anything you want and they can boss you around and they can stand up for themselves and they can be the strong one and uh, so that goes a long way to helping children to, to learn to stand their ground and to give them that small little opportunity to be the powerful one um, and to be the one who, um, who who gets to push others around um, and I mean often special time isn't even that but they get to be the one who's in control they get to be the one that gets to stand up for themselves and that can be a huge go a huge way to helping our children stand up for themselves at other times the other one is um the other play based tool is, that can really help children stay connected to themselves is is play listening and in particular power reversal games so that's um whenever we set it up um, it's different from special time because we can be more directional with it but we set it up that our child is the powerful one and we're getting it wrong messing it up and you know that gives children um, a chance to recover their sense of power 
um, and their belief in themselves and the belief in, in them being able to influence uh, others and the world. Um, and we can do just really silly things. Like I remember with uh, with my daughter when she was younger, we developed this game, which just kind of happened organically where um, she would like, she would like point at me. It was like her finger was like this like magic finger and she would like zap me across the room and I would like dramatically sort of fall backwards and fly across the room and like bang up against the door or fall onto the floor. And she absolutely loved like, you know, she could she could control me by just with this magic finger of hers. And I was completely I was really shocked and surprised. Oh, my God, your fingers. Oh, my God, stop doing that. And she would do it again and again. Um, and that gave her a real sense of 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 power um, for that little bit of time. She was the one who was in control and it was sort of a, a really good counterbalance to the times whenever um, I used my power over her. It was like an antidote to that. So that can be um, that can be really, really helpful. And I've done some episodes, previous episodes on on play listening and on special time if you want to learn more about those things. Uh, but I think that that play is such a great way for children to process all the times that they have um, that adults in the world have used power over them. And it gives them a sense of agency um, and a sense of themselves and a sense of strength um, to counter all those other times that things were hard. And that's going to help them stay connected to themselves whenever it gets tough to do so and um, that they are resourced enough to be able to do that. Um, and then the, the final thing um, is to, I think this is important too, because it is to be accepting of our kids whenever they aren't able to stay connected to themselves, when they um, make decisions or they decide that um, they are going to go with the crowd or they are going to do what, be a people pleaser that day or whatever, because I think we can really hold our kids to very high standards, you know, higher standards than we hold ourselves that, um, you know, we say, you, you know, you must stay connected to yourself. You must only, do, you know, you must only do things if it feels right for you. And you must stick up for yourself if it doesn't. And, you know, that, that can be, um, that can be overwhelming for children that they feel this pressure that if they don't act in that way, that um, they've somehow failed or let you down. So I think it's really important to be accepting of our kids whenever they aren't able to stick up for themselves and let them know that that's okay too because that I mean I'm sure you can all think of a, an example of when you know I, I just what's, what my mind is going straight to is like you know sitting in a meeting when somebody says something that you don't agree with and you know I should really say something I should really say something and you just let it slide because you're like and you know that comes from times when we weren't heard it comes from our old wounds and the more we can work on that the more we're able to stand up for ourselves um but it's it's very easy for us to, uh, you know, to, to to not stay connected to ourselves because it's scary and it's frightening and it's exactly the same for our children. So um, I think it's good to give them that message that yeah, it's okay if it's okay if you aren't able to stand up against the school bully all the time or um, that you decide to um, do something with your friends that you're not meant to do, but you you know you knew it was wrong, but you did it anyway because everybody else was doing it. But yeah, that you know, understand that, that you get that, um, and talk that through with them in an open way rather than holding them to these really high standards. Um, so those are my ideas around helping children stay connected to themselves. Like I said, you know, it's been such a long journey for me to to reconnect and to still learning how to stay connected and how to act 
in a, in a from a place of integrity to myself and I hope that my children they'll definitely have some work to do on that I'm sure I'm sure of it because um, I've, I'm far from perfect in my own parenting but I hope I just give them a leg up a head start that they can stay a little bit more connected to themselves than how I was and that they're able to have that emotional intelligence and emotional awareness to to stay connected to, to themselves and to act from that and to also be compassionate to, to others and where they're at in that journey so I hope that you find it helpful um, and, you know, if you have talked about some of the tools that I use in this in terms of listening partnerships and using play and using our interactions with our children to build their emotional intelligence. And um, if that is something that really resonates with you and something that you care about and something that you want to bring into your own family, you want to get support on that, then the doors are still open to my Peaceful Parents School. The next round begins on the 21st of September. It's this Wednesday. Um, I've still got two spots left on that, so there's still time to join me. Um, I would, I would love to, I would love to have you join us. I would love to work with you on on these ideas and many more. Um, of how to, you know, it's about how to build cooperation and ease and joy in your parenting in the moment, but also this bigger picture of how we raise children to to stay connected to themselves. And whenever we do that, we're going to um, we're going to raise children who. Um, interact with the world um, in, a, in a courageous and a compassionate and a respectful way and we need lots of those children in the world if we are to survive as a human species that I feel um, so I think that for me this type of parenting is activism like this, these small interactions and I, I only wish it was more recognised in the world as that uh, but these small interactions that we have with our children and this the, this work that we do on ourselves um, to enable us to interact with our children in respectful and compassionate ways and to help our children stay connected to themselves. It's exactly what the world needs and it's huge. It's, you know, children learn this blueprint of, um, of how to be in the world from us, from their parents. It's the most intimate relationship that they have and it's how they, how, how they learn about themselves and, and, and how to interact in the world. So for me, parenting absolutely is activism and uh, we do that every day through all those little interactions um, and we don't have to be perfect but if you feel that you want to um, you want to really do more and to learn more about this and to learn these skills with my support then I would be so delighted to have you join us in the Peaceful Parent School so I'll put a link in the show notes um, or just get in touch tell me you're interested and I would love to talk to you. So that's all for me from this week. I hope you have a lovely week and I'll be back again next week. Thank you so much, everybody. If you enjoyed listening, I would be so grateful if you left a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever service you use to listen to podcasts. This will really help me to reach more parents. You could also share the podcast with any other hardworking parents you think might enjoy it. Thanks for your support. Would you like to get your kids listening so you don't have to shout and instead you can start enjoying being a parent? Then pop along to my website, pamtheparentcoach.com or follow the link in the show notes to get signed up to my next virtual masterclass. See you next time.